Stay at work, return to work. These podcasts are the inspirational stories of individuals with spinal cord injury who have participated in the Resource Facilitation Program at Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation and successfully returned to work, whether in a previous position or a new one. In sharing these stories, we aim to keep hope alive and remind those in similar situations that every day brings with it new possibilities. This study, which is funded by a Craig H. Nielsen grant to Kessler Foundation, includes the participation of the New Jersey Division of Vocational Rehabilitation Services and United Spinal Association. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation, on October 5th, 2017, at Kessler Foundation, 120 Eagle Rock Ave, East Hanover, New Jersey. Our first episode, Mary Lee West, Project Coordinator for the Return to Work Early Intervention Program at Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation, met with Megan Helsel, a wildlife specialist for the United States Department of Agriculture, Animal, and Plant Health Inspection Service. In early 2016, Ms. Hessel experienced sudden back pain and bilateral numbness in both legs. She was rushed to a local emergency room where an MRI showed that a tumor had erupted in her spinal cord. Unable to stand or walk, she was admitted to the hospital and prescribed a high dose of steroids to reduce swelling. Two days later, after showing no improvement, Ms. Hessel was told that she would need immediate spinal cord surgery. After surgery, Megan was transferred to Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation, where she immediately began physical therapy. On her 11th day, she took her first steps. This is Megan's story. And thank you, Megan, for coming here today and um, sharing uh, your journey with us. First of all, I'd like to say that in about the last 17 months that I've been at Kessler, I've worked with over 85 inpatients. And I can't think of anyone more determined to return to work, more focused on the plan than you uh, were and have always been as I've been able to follow you for um, the past year. So with your incredible determination to get back to work, please tell us a little bit about the kind of work you do that would inspire such passion from within. I work for the U.S. Department of Agriculture for Wildlife Services. Um, as a wildlife technician. Um, Basically, my specific position, I work in a um, county park system managing uh, Canada goose damage. Um, So that involves a lot of driving, um, a lot of walking and um, hiking and kayaking. So it's scary to think about trying to go back to that um, after spinal cord surgery. Because your work involves so much um, large muscle movement, extreme coordination, stability, um, even almost a marathoner's level of energy, I would imagine that a year ago, when you experienced something that kind of brought all that to a halt, it was a bit of a shock. Can you describe what that, what happened about a year ago that changed things so dramatically for your work experience? I had been on vacation with my boyfriend in Florida. Um, We were hiking and fishing and kayaking and doing all the things we do all the time. Um, And we drove back and I drove most of the way home. Um, So that weekend, my back started really hurting. I kind of blamed him for it and went to the doctor. Um, We thought that it 
it may have been from the driving where I may have irritated um, some nerves in my back. Um, over the course of that week, um, my left foot dropped. The following day, my left leg went numb. Um, and on the last day, um, my right leg went numb as well, um, and I collapsed. So we went to the hospital. Um, they did an MRI and found that I had a hemangioma um, in my spinal cord that we were completely unaware of. Um, and that it had ruptured and I would need um, spinal cord surgery. So we didn't know. Um, my first question was, when am I going to be able to kayak again? Um, and the tone was that, um, you know, if I had the limited amount of function um, that I had before the surgery, that that would be um, a good outcome. So I did not think that I would um, be able to return to a physical job like mine was. Sounds like yes. a very discouraging situation. Now, as you were processing all of that in a very short period of time, I imagine you had to get in communication, get in touch with your employer, with your supervisor. So how did that conversation go? Yeah, so I called my um, state director the day that I found out I was having surgery, which was the day before my surgery, um, and kind of just told him what was going on, um, that I you know, was going to be out of work for I didn't know how long. I didn't know if I'd be able to come back. Um, they stayed in touch with my boyfriend um, throughout the ICU um, and at the beginning of the, uh, my time at Kessler uh, for rehab. And then uh, he came to visit me, and he had a whole packet of papers with all different options. Um, so we enrolled in a leave donation program um, that the USDA offers, um, and I had eight months of leave donated to me, so I didn't have to worry about being getting paid. Uh, you know, I got to keep my insurance, um, and it was a lot of weight like lifted off my back with that. Um, he offered me advanced sick leave if I needed it, um, you know, and just assured me that even if I had to, you know, shoot pyrotechnics from the truck or the bed of the truck, whatever I needed to do, you know, to get back. Um, that they would help me along the way. And they have been super, super supportive um, coming back. Um, I, I said he had told me that whenever I thought I was ready to come back, to wait a month um, because he knew I was going to try to push it and come back too early. But they let me transition very smoothly um, to going back full time from one day to two days to three days and then eventually coming back full time. That's been quite a journey. Um, as you're talking about the kind of support that you had, clearly your supervisor knows you very well and knew you well then. Tell us a little bit about that, what you referred to as extended leave. How were, how were you able to acquire that time? You mentioned something about supportive, a supportive network. So the leave donation program, um, basically you enroll in it and they send an email out um, you know, nationwide to USDA. Um, uh, employees and other agencies as well, not just wildlife services. Um, and then people are able to donate um, their leave. So they're donating their sick time or um, annual leave to you um, so that you're able to use that when you run out of your own personal leave. So with that fairly generous amount of time, sounds like, how were you able to use that time in order to get the strength and um, stability you would need to go back to work? It was starting to dwindle, and I only had like a month or so left. So I, that's why I started going back one day, two days, um, to supplement me working with the donated leave and be able to use it for a longer period of time. Um, so even now, I mean, I still 
that I think I started using Nalive in like December um, and I'm still using some of it now um, by supplementing like my work time with it. That has been a tremendous help. It's made it actually possible for you to do this. And I'm thinking because I was able to see you not only as an inpatient, but on the outpatient side, that while you were gradually going, getting ready to go back to work or starting to work, you were also strengthening yourself in other ways and with the help of some pretty um, technical means through the Kessler Institute um, on the outpatient side. Tell us about that physical therapy kind of work that you did that was so helpful. Um, but we did a lot of walking because we needed to do that to go back to work. But um, they were very creative in trying to mimic ways, um, like to mimic what I would be doing at work. I mean, we can't go to a river and get in a kayak. Um, but they would have me, felt really silly, but sit on like a bolster, um, you know, with a kind of like a stick and literally like row with the stick to practice working on my balance and core strength. Um, walking on uh, large foam surfaces to simulate walking on uneven terrain outdoors. We actually did go outside and kind of walk on the grass and hills, um, you know, outside of the building as well. But they were definitely very creative and had to think outside of the box as far as how to, to simulate going back. So based on your job description and their ability to problem solve, you put those two things together and you're able to get the kind of strength you needed in order to get back to work more quickly than it probably would have happened otherwise. Yeah. So what? tell us about some of the adaptive equipment that you use, um, that you continue to use even today in order to do your job. Um, I do walk with canes or walking sticks outside, um, and I do um, have a an AFO, so it, it's a short brace um, to because my ankle, my foot drops. Um, but then at work, um, moving the kayak back and forth has been um, something that we had to figure out so I can either back the my truck up to the water and drop the kayak in um, from the, the bed of the truck or we use a kayak cart which I can tie the kayak to and then I tie it around my waist and walk to the water. I always say like an ox, like pulling this kayak behind me. Um, and then one of the other things with um, some of the projects where we need to do um, like baiting the wildlife, we would have um, a bucket filled with like 20, 30 pounds of corn. Um, I can't carry that and walk with my canes. So I use, um, it's probably the wrong word for it. I said it before too, the rollator, the walker with like the seat on it. Um, So I would put the bucket on the seat part and kind of strap it to it so it wouldn't fall and then push that and Luckily, the the geese weren't afraid of it, so I was able to still throw them corn um, with this contraption. So it's it's just been a lot of kind of figuring things out on the fly um, and seeing what works and and what doesn't. Absolutely. So you use equipment maybe designed for many other purposes, but you have added to the purpose of for your needs. Yeah. Now, also as I'm thinking about your work um, and the time. You mentioned um, the time that you've put into getting ready for work and back to work. You mentioned a brace. How does that help? Um, I need to wear the brace uh, all the time to walk. Um, otherwise, my, my foot drags. Okay. Um, so I started with um, a full leg brace at the beginning when I first went back to work um, just because I didn't 
trust myself so much. I'm also alone. When I work now, um, when I went back, I did have someone with me, um, but I'm by myself now. So I just need to make sure that um, my leg is as stable and works as well as possible uh, to avoid falling like in the woods by, my, by myself or something like that. It sounds like you use every imaginable resource, but most of all, your incredible determination and self-motivation and determination to be as autonomous as possible on your job. Very admirable. Thank you so much, Megan, for your time and for describing your work, your passion, and the way you've made it all the way back. Thank you. To learn more about our research, go to KesslerFoundation.org. That's www.kesslerfoundation.org.